Never enough. My husband and I were watching the musical, The Greatest Showman, and were struck again by the song titled Never Enough. It's a powerful song sung by a gifted vocalist who in the movie represents the young opera singer Jenny Lind, who grew up with the shame of being the illegitimate daughter of humble, unmarried parents. Yet despite these origins, her vocal abilities catapulted her to the world stage, gaining her great fame and fortune. The song suggests that her celebrity status won't satisfy her without the love she desires. Hence, this world is never enough to satisfy such yearnings. As often happens, this got me to thinking. In this time of escalating desires for money, wealth, power, love, status, you name it, it often seems that no matter what we have, it is never enough. The Bible actually speaks about such things. In Proverbs 30, we read, the leech has two suckers that cry out, more, more. There are things that are never satisfied, no four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, the blazing fire. Wealthy and renowned King Solomon surprisingly wrote this about those who never seem to get rich enough. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Solomon also wrote about those whose poverty makes them forever hungry. All people spend their lives scratching for food, but they never seem to have enough. He goes on to caution, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. And in his Proverbs, he petitions God for help. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For he knows what great poverty or great wealth can do to people. Finally, the prophet Ezekiel warns against those whose spiritual desires for unholy things compares to urgent, unsatiable sexual desires. You've prostituted yourselves with the Assyrians. It seems you can never find enough new lovers. And after your prostitution there, you were still not satisfied. The Apostle Paul directs it clearly to the lusts of the flesh, warning the Ephesians to steer away from the hopelessly confused Gentiles who have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. The Apostle John combines all of these unholy desires together, saying, For the world offers only a craving for physical desire, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions, declaring, These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And so Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, sternly warns to flee such lusts. Clearly, we are meant to realize that if we stay focused on this world, the craving for worldly things will never be satisfied. Like the song, our minds and our bodies will scream, never enough. But that isn't the life that Christ has for us. He desires instead that we cry, I never have enough of you, Lord. I want more of you. 
In fact, there's a worship song by Eric Newsom that carries these exact words. I want more, more of you, Lord. I want to hold you, love you, not let you go. Renew this fire that's within my soul. I want more of you. The prophet Isaiah cries, at night, my soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within me seeks you diligently. And of course, King David, who loved God with all his being, writes of his longing for the Lord in many of his psalms, explaining it as both a spiritual and physical yearning. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Oh, you are my God. I shall seek you diligently. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He encompasses it all with this. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. And Jesus speaks to this yearning, reassuring us that he is more than enough. To the Samaritan woman at the well, he says, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And after generously feeding the 5,000, Jesus tells the crowd that this bread isn't enough, but I am saying, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. And when he is teaching in Jerusalem, Jesus extends the invitation again, saying, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow out from his heart referring to the complete and abundant infilling of the Holy Spirit soon to follow. And at the end of Revelation, Jesus declares, To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. A promise repeated by the Spirit and the Bride in Revelation 22. Jesus truly is and will always be enough for us. But how interesting. Scripture tells us that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit cries out for their people, never enough. He desires an intimate, close relationship with all people. The prophet Ezekiel records God's cry for all people in this manner. As surely as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, for rather that the wicked should turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn, he cries, from your evil ways, and why should you die, O house of Israel? And you hear the Lord's longing as Jeremiah writes, O Israel, says the Lord, if you wanted to return to me, you could. You could throw away your detestable idols and stray away no more. And the prophet Hosea records the Lord crying out in this way, I want you to know me more than burnt offerings, saying it isn't physical sacrifices he's interested in as much as the hearts of all people. Paul even writes more specifically on this matter to his spiritual son, Timothy. God, our Savior, desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the easy-to-read version of the Bible writes it in these simple terms. 
God wants everyone to be saved and to fully understand the truth. There is only one God, and there's only one way that people can reach God. That way is through Christ Jesus, who is a man, gave himself to pay for everyone to be free. The Apostle Peter echoes this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. Some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. With such overwhelming love, with arms stretched open wide to receive all people before, during, and after the cross, why should we choose another way? Unfortunately, our enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion, is also never satisfied, also cries, never enough, as he wants to destroy ever every soul and steal them away from the love of God. His desire is that we never seek the living God, never find his light, never know eternal love, and bask in his glory. Thus, to avoid such an end, we need to take heed from the words of the prophet Haggai. Now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there's not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing that no one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns wages to put into purse with holes. What the world has to offer, beloved, will never satisfy us. We will always want more. But in Jesus, in Jesus, we will have more than enough. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.